everyone, and welcome to another IMCO with myself, Jonathan Chan. And so glad that you can join me for lunch today on a Wednesday on June 16, 2021. Yes, that is right. We are very, very close to the end of COVID as more and more people are getting vaccinated, as less and less cases have been reported. We're now in BC, in British Columbia, we are now stage two, which means spectators can be at my daughter's baseball games. Uh, worship, service, worship services can now restart again with 50 people maximum. Restaurants can finally open and receive more guests dining in and also on the patio. Exciting times, folks. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. We're all looking forward to the end of this COVID tunnel. And uh, hopefully uh, you will be able to get your second jab. I'm looking forward to my second jab. I was told that uh, I'll be notified probably in about another week or so. So hopefully things will get back to normal. The first thing that my wife and I my, and our daughter would probably be doing after when we get fully vaccinated is to finally have a vacation for ourselves. But anyway, now back to IMCO. What topped the news this past week? Well, it was our country. And uh, if you haven't uh, been uh, following the news, I included one of the articles on the bottom of this video post. And it was about how some cities, some urban centers, have decided to cancel Canada celebrations, Canada festivities, due to the discovery of the 215 bodies of Indigenous children at a former residential school, Indigenous residential school in Kamloops to show solidarity, to show their support uh, towards these Indigenous communities. And instead, they would like to replace it with um, memorials and also education moments uh, for people like our children to understand our history, to understand Canadian history and how we come about. Now, of course, when you mention the word cancel, uh, that brings a lot of con negative connotations recently because the year is 2021 and what the phrase has been thrown around for quite some time now is called cancel culture. And if you're not familiar with cancel culture, you would probably be familiar with uh, what happened to this lady recently. Her name was Chrissy, her name is Chrissy Teigen. And she's a well-known social media guru, you could say, or she's very prevalent in the social media. Uh, she gained her fame through her tweets and sometimes mean tweets, sometimes um, insensitive jokes tweets, but she gained a following. And uh, yet um, recently she received a lot of backlash and the phrase cancel culture came about because many of the activists and many people, uh, just the public in general, uh, criticized her for being so, uh, for partly being racist, partly being a stereotype, part, part, uh, partly being discriminatory, and also just generally mean to people who may not be good looking as her or healthy looking as her. And so, uh, there's there was a humongous push by the public, especially the social media public, to 
cancel her. In other words, to block her, to uh, prevent her from posting tweets and Twitter stuff uh, into the public. Case in point, uh, as you know, you probably also know of another individual who came into the spotlight prior to Chrissy, and one of the well-known ones of a, uh, in the whole cancel culture thing was this lady right here. Uh, she's the author, J.K. Rowling. She's the author of our beloved Harry Potter books. And um, there was one time where she just retweeted something of another person who posted uh, a tweet that implied transphobia. And she, by retweeting that post and to, uh, and to say something about that post, she was affiliated with it of being supportive of this transphobia. Now, uh, things have toned down now, I think, I believe, after I read a few articles here and there. Uh, after her, um, what do you call, uh, she did a, uh, I guess, a, a long <laughs> explanation of uh, her views of that she is not transphobic that uh, like it's almost like a treatise a peace treatise that with the public she's now I hopefully I'm not quite sure now she's back in the graces of the public but before there was this humongous call to cancel her and how to do it the main of the activists and uh, in the social media says boycott Harry Potter books don't purchase any and some of the schools actually removed Harry Potter books from the shelf. Interesting enough though, personally, I've read Harry Potter books and I see no transphobia in her books whatsoever in her writings. Yet because of her association and because of her tweets and her and her supposedly affiliation or support for uh, these uh, transphobia remarks, she was uh, the she she received the consequence of cancel culture. Now back to our flag. So when the news came out that uh, our own city, Victoria, uh, decided to vote on canceling Canada Day festivities, you guessed it, there, been, there was a huge amount of responses of, is this part of cancel culture? Is this something that, uh, again, this is some of those negative connotations about cancel culture wealth that, you know, just because we're in this culture, we're so readily to just cancel things. So people were wondering, are we on this slippery slope that, uh, that we could cancel anything now or that we could, that if we don't agree with it, that we just cancel it out. And so I want to talk about it today. I want to provide my Christian opinion for you about cancel culture. And uh, so let's begin, shall we? So here's a, my three takeaways of cancellation or cancel culture. I was doing a little bit of reading and uh, researching some stuff. And, you know, with the uh, plethora of information that we have through Google, and especially when you could go to JSTOR, uh, if you don't know what that is, that's a uh, database of journals in like, academic journals. So I went through there as well using my old uh, student account. It still worked, apparently. I learned a few things and um, I want to share them with you. Number one, 
Cancels originally had a good intent. And what is that? Well, the whole idea of, remember back in the day, let me just back up. Remember back in the day, I don't know how far, how old you folks are, but I remember in the time when um, people with power, people with social status, with influence, with power, whenever they say something, they rarely get fact-checked or they rarely are held accountable to what they say. Heck, actually, it's not just that back then. Even our recent, uh, our, the United States' 45th president, would, like case in point, never holds any accountability on what he says. But cancel, the whole idea of cancel culture started from, from a grassroots where the general public, who may not have that social status or that influence or that power or financial weight or leverage, cancel culture is one way for the public to keep those people who are in power accountable for what they say. Because we are gifted with uh, technology and social media, we can do that. A minion like myself, I could say, I could just basically say something on social media and say that this vote, this person here said something really offensive and that this person should take accountability for what they say because it could hurt people and it does hurt people. It could ostracize certain groups, uh, ostracize certain ethnic groups, religious groups. So it's public's, it's the general public's way, or you could say the, the peasant's way of keeping the, um, the aristocrats accountable for what they do and say. Because back then, before social media, we never had that type of ability. We never had that tool. We never had the ability to uh, keep these folks accountable and apparently, and they could just say whatever they want. And so uh, cancel culture, its original intent was good in a way. It was very good to, so because it enabled us common folk to gather together as a community and to create accountability onto and make sure that the folks are up who have the social power, who have the social status or the elites or have the influence, we can keep them accountable for what they say. And that's a good thing. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't have the freedom to say whatever they want. And uh, when people get hurt, they could just get off scot-free. No. And that's the fact, that's the good intentions of cancel culture. However, all good things also have a dark side to it. Every coin has two sides. So the good side is about keeping those who are in power to, have, to keep them accountable for what they say, what they do, what decisions they make. That's a good thing. It's for the general public to keep them accountable, to protect those who may be ostracized by what they say. But also the second is the unintended negatives, the unintended dark side of it. And that's where you get um, these, uh, this notion of many of the people's concerns about, is this, does this mean that we could cancel whatever we just don't like? Uh, if somebody differs to their opinion from mine, do, can I just cancel them out? Uh, what learning can you have when you do not have a dialogue with somebody that opposes your opinions?
Um, it's almost like uh, putting everybody on a pedestal and say, everybody's right. Well, is it? Or there should be a dialogue and making sure that there's some checks and balances, which originally was cancel culture's original intent. And so for cancel culture's dark side, yes, it has its good intentions, but also the not so good intent, unintended uh, negatives is that it could lead to just a cancellation of anyone who differs from me, who may think differently than me. And uh, what intentionally is supposed to protect the ostracized may actually be the reverse and uh, may be contrary to what we actually wanted to do is to protect the ostracized. Instead, we actually persecute the ostracized by and through cancel culture. That's number two. Lastly, so how should a Christian respond to this about this whole cancel culture? Well, here's my opinion. Before we go into scripture, which I added here, this is my Christian opinion. Canc I firmly believe that, there, that there's good in cancel culture. Back to Canada today. His the history of Canada is brutal. Uh, case in point, it's not just, uh, I don't want to, I'm not saying and I'm not devaluing the importance of how uh, the how when Canada, through Canada's journey to Confederacy, it's like, uh, I do not doubt, and I, and I firmly believe that many Indigenous communities and throughout many generations, they've been hurt and exploited. They've been just pushed around. Hey, case in point, Hudson Bay Company, right? Our beloved Hudson Bay Company. Do you know that historically, way back then, do you know how they made money? They sold land that they did not own. Yeah, they basically took land from the indigenous communities uh, and they just sold it, but they never owned it. They just sold whatever they sold. What a way to make money, eh? So I don't want to uh, devalue or diminish the magnitude of how much the indigenous communities were hurt by throughout our, the Canadian history, but also it hits home to me too, in a way, because one of the way, one of the, biggest factors of how Canada was united was through the railroad. And if you know your history, many ethnic Chinese peoples were killed throughout that time of the building of the railroad. There were stories and true stories of Chinese, Chinese being brought in and uh, to just carry these nitroglycerine canisters into the into the cave to, to to set them down and hopefully they could come back out before it explodes but many times they never get out and so it hits home to me too uh, being ethnic chinese the history of canada is something that i cringe as well yet i do value being a canadian i do value that our culture, our value systems, and our reception to differing opinions, our uh, mandate of accommodation. So that's something I want to celebrate. Yet, how should I view then, as a Christian, how should I view this whole idea of canceling Canada Day festivities? Well, it's basically point number one of what I made about the takeaway on cancel. See, I agree with canceling Canada Day festivities. Why? So that 
it finally gives the public and, and ours, not just the public, the people of authority, the people who have the power, uh, the people who have that social status and elitists, to wake them up, to understand and to revisit the history of Canada, to actually reflect upon all the wrongs and all the misdeeds that were done throughout the formation of Canada. It's not about um, canceling Canada completely. No, you and I are still going to probably still have our stat. But to actually take advantage of that day to remember. It's almost like a remembrance day. To take advantage of that day to remember the hardships, the sacrifices of the various communities, whether it be indigenous or the Chinese, ethnic Chinese, to make Canada what it is today. I think this is a great opportunity, especially in light of right now of anti-Asian racism and also uh, racial uh, persecution towards the indigenous peoples. This is a great moment where we can take advantage of what cancel culture's good intentions were, and it is to wake people up, especially those in power, especially those in the elite, in, um, in, the, in the public sphere where they have influence. It's the, this is a great opportunity to actually use cancel culture for its good intent. And um, I firmly believe that uh, we should continue to do this until we really firmly grasp and have this reconciliation with all ethnic groups that who have been hurt for the, for the formation of Canada. To use this Canada Day to have more reflection and education as opposed to just merely a bunch of fireworks. Now, a Christian opinion, to further my Christian opinion. There was a, a passage in, the, in scripture, uh, I show 2 Corinthians, but I will show you uh, I will explain a little bit of how this passage became. It was from 1 Corinthians where Paul uh, was told that there was this immoral brother who he advised the church to excommunicate because he was sinning. And it was a rebuke. It was a re to rebuke, to teach him a lesson, to uh, not to, to discontinue his immoral activity. So immoral that even the public identified it as immoral. So it's not just a Christian thing. This was something that was disdained by the general public. He was doing something illegal, basically. And the church was condoning it. Uh, so this guy was doing something that was highly illegal in the city, and yet the church condoned it and protected him. Paul says, don't do that. It's not good. You should rebuke that, rebuke that person. And so they did. So they followed through, and they canceled him by kicking him out of the church uh, for a brief time. Now, 2 Corinthians. This is the letter that followed after the unknown letter in between. The, uh, this is the letter that Paul wrote back to the Corinth church. And he said to welcome him back, to reconcile him, to forgive this individual, to welcome him back because he probably did his time in jail already. And so now welcome him back. He's out of jail. Welcome him back. He has learned his lesson. He, and so do not oppose him anymore. Do not oppress him. Do not persecute him. Welcome him back. 
So here's my Christian point. Cancel culture is good, but in a Christian sense, it's very similar to rebuking an individual. Yes, there are when invited, when we are invited, we, we should invite it to the table of discussion. When we are invited and we are asked about our own opinions on how of our friends' actions or our family members' actions or anyone who we love of their decision-making actions, we would say, if we're invited, we would tell them of, you know, what they're doing wrong. Hey, like in what you're doing and you're just you're about to go off a cliff here. So corrective action. That's rebuke. That's very similar to cancel culture, right? It's like, I'm going to um, correct you through ways of maybe boycotting your products or not celebrating Canadian festivities, candidate festivities. That's what, uh, how I see uh, cancel culture as similar to rebuke. So just like this guy here who uh, the church said, we no longer have to protect you. We have to hand you over to the authorities. They did. But when he got out, when, let's say, um, for example, our authorities, our, the public figures, when they repent and they confess their wrongs and say sorry and apologize sincerely, just like, a, just like this individual here in this story in Corinthians, Paul is asking us as well that when they do, when they do apologize, when they have acknowledged that they have done wrong, the Christian way of it, in seeing cancel culture is that it always follows with forgiveness and reconciliation. And it's because it just doesn't stop at cancel. I think and that the reason why cancel culture has gotten in such a negative reaction is because it's never followed up with reconciliation and love. It always just ends there and that person just no longer is welcomed back into the community or no longer reconcile, or no longer welcome back into humanity for, one, for anything matter. They just keep on getting ostracized. But once that person has apologized and repented and is seeking for forgiveness from a community, a Christian opinion towards cancel culture should follow through by, by offering forgiveness, by welcoming them back into a community and no longer ostracized. That's what I think is missing in cancel culture. Cancels cultures have good cancel culture has good intentions. It is to keep those in power, those who have influence accountable for their actions. And therefore it's the sort of like a, a public's way, a common person's way of rebuking those who are in power. But cancel culture's deficiency, the reason why it gets into a negative uh, reaction it's because it's never followed through to conclude, to wrap up with love and reconciliation. When the, and so if the person or a group of people are being, are being rebuked or canceled, if they come to confession and repentance and sincere apologies and have taken actions, uh, case in point, like for the government of Canada and for the rest of us, if we take actions on all the 94 recommendations of the truth and reconciliation, there should be forgiveness between and reconciliation between uh, those who have been wronged and those who are seeking forgiveness. That's when cancel culture actually fulfills its good intention. All right, that's it from me.
like I said, if you have any questions, comments, opinions, feel free to give me a uh, chat uh, by sending me an email or a message through my website at www.companyofdisciples.com. The website will be uh, followed right after in the concluding screen after uh, I finish my bit. And uh, my apologies for not reading that scripture that was on the, on the previous slide for our takeaway, but I figured you would be able to read it anyway on your own. So hope you enjoyed this IMCO. I'm going to take a break now for summer because uh, I'm going to try to take advantage of as much sun as I can. If you want to chat with me in person or have a beer with me or hmm, my favorite, some whiskey, let me know. Message me through my website as well. So till September, have a wonderful summer. Hope you enjoy it and stay safe and hope you get your second jab soon. And hopefully I could see you in person, maybe. Till next time, have a blessed summer.